Today's news, 9 out of 10 electricians say they're putting up their prices due to soaring fuel costs. A coroner rules on whether the death of an electrician was linked to his work with asbestos. And Europe's largest EV superhub opens in Oxford. Welcome to Electrical News Weekly in association with Schneider Electric. Whether you're listening in the van, on site, down at the wholesale counter, or if you're a designer and you've made it safely to your desk, wherever you are, I hope your week is off to a great start. I'm Joe Robinson and I've been through the best of the electrical industry news to save you the trouble. If you've got a story you'd like to feature in the news, then please click the link in the show notes for more information on how to do so. And as always, don't forget to listen out for the two words that I've been challenged to slip into today's show. Comment below or tag us on social media if you think you've spotted them. If you're watching on YouTube, you may like to know that an audio-only version of this video goes out on all major podcasting platforms, so you can listen to us while you're in the van or on site. And if you're already listening to the audio version, why not check us out on YouTube for some extra visuals as well. Soaring fuel costs are forcing electrical contractors to put up their prices by a lot. In a survey conducted by Ironmongery Direct, 9 out of 10 electricians say they are increasing their quotes to cope with the cost of petrol and diesel. And the average rise is a chunky 28%. With fuel topping £2 per litre in some areas, Ironmongery Direct surveyed 500 tradespeople to reveal the impact it's having on our industry. Almost every respondent, some 96% to be precise, said that their livelihood is reliant on their vehicle and they drive over 5,000 miles a year for jobs on average. This annual mileage will now cost individuals almost £500 more for diesel vehicles and over £450 for petrol users than it did this time 12 months ago. Almost half of tradespeople say that their profits are being affected by the fuel crisis and a third say that their company is struggling to cope. Some even plan to stop driving altogether and one in seven says that they are now using public transport to get to site because they can't afford the costs of motoring. For those who have no choice but to continue driving, motoring experts Euro Car Parts have shared their top tips on how to increase your fuel efficiency and save money. Their top tip? Manage your revs. The most fuel efficient RPM to change up a gear is 2,500 for a petrol vehicle and 2,000 for diesel. So next time you're changing gear, keep an eye on the revs count, stick to that number, and the pennies you'll save will soon stack up. Their second recommendation is to slow down on high speed roads. The most efficient speed to drive at is between 55 and 65 miles per hour, and driving at 70 miles per hour compared to 80 miles per hour on a motorway could save you 25% more fuel and keep you on the right side of the law, more importantly. Finally, turn your engine off if you're stationary. Keeping your engine idle still burns fuel, so if you know you're not going to be moving for a while, turn it off to conserve your petrol or diesel. The cost of living was top of the agenda when would-be Prime Minister Rishi Sunak called in on Thorn Lighting recently. The former Chancellor met with employees at the company's factory in Spennymoor, County Durham. He took a walk down the shop floor where 6,000 luminaires are manufactured every day. He talked to the men and women on the production line who explained how a light fitting is made, and then he took questions from employees on a range of issues, including caps on gas and electricity costs and support for apprenticeships. As it happened, apprenticeships was the topic of this week's eFix survey. It was a popular one. We had over 2,000 votes at the last count. 
We asked you if you were thinking of taking on an apprentice this year. Only one in five of you said you were considering it. Another one in five said you might if you could find the right person. Some 16% said you wouldn't look at engaging a youngster because you're worried about a recession. 14% said you don't have enough work to justify hiring another set of hands. And a whopping third of you said you'd been burnt before by a lazy apprentice and felt so discommoded that you wouldn't consider it again. Ouch. Really hope you change your mind, folks, as apprentices are the future of the industry and there's some cracking potential electricians out there just looking for their chance. However, apprentices that you could not accuse of laziness are those whose employers have just been recognised in the JTL Recognition Awards. This annual programme recognises companies who have shown remarkable levels of support and commitment toward their JTL apprentices. With six award winners this year, it's taken a considerable level of consistency and merit for each winner to stand out amongst JTL's considerably large employer base. In the north, the winner is the building services firm Northern Amiens. The western region winner is Whitehead Building Services, while in the east, it's EJ Parker Technical Services. The southern region saw two electrical contracting firms share the honours, RS Birch and Partners and Gilbert and Stamper. And the overall national winner is Red Row Homes. Well done to all these pioneering firms. A big shout out also needs to go to the Electrotechnical Certification Scheme this week. The ECS Registered Electrician Scheme has just recorded its 40,000th gold card holder. For the last five years, the organisation has been encouraging electricians to raise standards for installation and maintenance electricians by becoming ECS registered. Registered electrician status signifies that not only has the holder met the requirements for the industry approved standard at level three as an installation or maintenance electrician, but they also keep up to date with the latest edition of the wiring regs, comply with a code of professional conduct and undertake continuing professional development. In fact, more than two thirds of all qualified electricians now hold an ECS gold card. If you're in the one third who aren't yet registered, I've popped a link to the ECS scheme in the show notes. And if you need help keeping up with your continuing professional development requirement, check out our free collection of free accredited training packages over on the know-how page at efix.co.uk. Again, the link is in the show notes. Now we turn to an issue that has cast a shadow over a cohort of older electricians. In their early career, many tradesmen worked with asbestos at a time when its dangers were not widely known. Nowadays, we understand that inhaling fine asbestos particles regularly can lead to a form of lung cancer called mesothelioma. One of those whose tasks involved this deadly substance was Owen Cogman, a retired electrical contractor from Burton-on-Trent. Mr. Cogman sadly died from mesothelioma in April at the age of 80. At the inquest this month, coroner Andrew Barclay considered if his lung cancer was caused by electrical installation work. The hearing heard that when Mr. Cogman worked for the East Midlands Electrical Board, he came into contact with asbestos in meter cabinets. The asbestos was removed over time and Mr. Cogman's job was to replace the meters. The coroner concluded that while it was possible that Mr. Cogman's job brought him close to asbestos, there is not clear evidence that it was this exposure that was the cause of his mesothelioma. He said that while the statistical association between mesothelioma and asbestos removal is extremely strong, it is by no means absolute. Therefore, he was unable to conclude that his death was caused by exposure to asbestos. He passed his condolences to the family, as we all at eFix do as well.
If you're concerned about historic exposure to asbestos, I've popped a number of links in the show notes. To product news now, and our top pick is Schneider Electric's Easy 9 multi-row consumer unit. This features multiple rows, which can have up to 12 modules fitted. There are several neutral bars, which can be joined or split up to create various configurations. There's also lots of cable entry knockouts, and we mean lots, which means you have plenty of options to route the cable from top to bottom. And ample cable space makes it simple to connect up all the devices. There's a dedicated five-way cone buzz bar, which can be trimmed to size. This seamlessly distributes both phase and neutral to up to five additional AFDDs. The buzz bar and AFDDs are fed by a 100 amp easy 9 terminal block and there's a specific cable kit which extends the power from the main incoming switch to the second or even third row in the multi-row so the possibilities are endless for instance you could fit the main switch on the left hand side of the bottom row with a surge protection device an mcb for protection and a series of rcbo's you can even feed a dedicated type b rcd specifically used for electric vehicles additional power is distributed to the second and third rows through the dedicated multi-row cable kit feeding up to five units per individual row plus the multi-rows three row variant has the capacity to fit up to 12 18 mil modules on each row for a total of 36. And while we're on the subject of Schneider, we just want to pause the podcast and say thank you very much for their sponsorship. This week's episode wouldn't happen without them and we are extremely grateful. Okay, on with the podcast. TurnTech has launched PremFlex, which it describes as a premier range of conduit and glands. It's available in lots of finishes, including bare galvanized, PVC coated galvanized, and low smoke zero halogen coated galvanized. Sizes ranging from M16 right up to M50, and you can get it in bulk coil sizes or contractor packs. A few new catalogues are being published this week. The first of these is from Marshall Tuflex, and it's rather immodestly called the ultimate guide to cable management. But then again, there's not much about this subject that the Marshall Tuflex folks don't know, so we'll let the title slide. It features all the Bendex innovations, including the base or metal and PVC cable trays and the Tuflex tile ceiling patras, which we made a video on recently. Check the link in the show notes for that. The new metal and PVC cable trays have a fast coupling system, which means you don't need separate couplers. And in a sign of the times, the book shows how much recycled material is used in each of the manufacturer's PVC systems. Clients are increasingly asking for sustainability info, and it's good to see it all laid out here. Also out this week is a special brochure from Knightsbridge listing its outdoor range. As you know, we really like the Knightsbridge brand here on eFix for its quality, price point and innovation. In fact, I've installed a lot of their accessories in my kitchen refurb. And for close followers of the channel, I can offer you this update. No, the kitchen is not finished yet. The mini catalogue from Knightsbridge includes lots of stuff you'd associate with the company and quite a lot of stuff that you wouldn't. There are all its electrical accessories such as sockets, both regular and RCD protected, few spurs, switches and switch boxes. There are also enclosures and connectors in lots of shapes and sizes and of course they're really strong on lighting so expect floodlights, decorative lights and spike and ground lights for gardens and decking. All the wiring devices are rated to IP44, the connectors are rated to IP68 making them submersible to a depth of a meter and the lights come in a huge variety of IP rated combos. At this point in the show we like to give a shout out to one of our social media followers and this week it's kate.electrical from Instagram who's a third year apprentice. She's only been posting on Insta since May but has shown some really solid work including some solar installs which after last week's spectacular weather seems very appropriate. So please do go and give her a follow and keep up the good work. Caitlin. Now to EV news and the big story this week is the opening of Europe's biggest charging hub in Oxford. The energy super hub as it's being called can simultaneously fast charge up to 42 vehicles. That's a lot of juice. Oxford City Council teamed up with Pivot Power 
who built the facility. It includes charges from Tesla, Fastned and Wenia. They really don't make the names of these businesses easy on presenters, but that's nothing compared with what's coming up when we look at YouTube usernames later in the show, so stay tuned for that. Tesla has 12 250 kilowatt superchargers on site. Fastned is offering 10 charging bays with 300 kilowatts of power, which can add 300 miles of range in just 20 minutes. And Wenia has deployed 27 to 22 kilowatt charging bays. Uniquely, the super hub is connected directly to the high voltage national grid via a four mile underground cable. This is the first time this has ever happened. So big congratulations to all involved in the project. Still on EV news, a smart portal has proved its worth by fast-tracking more than 10,000 electric car chargers to connect with the electricity network in its first year. You may remember that Smart Connect is the online portal that was launched in February last year by UK Power Networks. It has now slashed notification time for installers from a frustrating 10 days to just a few seconds across London, the southeast, and the east of England. Smart Connect has automatically approved 73% of more than 19,000 applications, allowing installers to install immediately that they get the go-ahead. As well as processing EV charger applications, it allows installers to submit applications for other low-carbon technologies, such as heat pumps, batteries, and solar panels. To date, some 5,000 household solar installations, over 900 electric heat pumps, and 265 domestic batteries have been approved through Smart Connect. And finally, we turn to the strange tale of the electrician who has been made the king of his own island. When Aaron Sanderson visited the holiday Isle of Peel Island off the coast of Cumbria as a boy, he had no inkling that one day he would return as king. But the electrical contractor beat more than 200 hopefuls from around the world to become landlord of the ship in pub. And along with pulling pints and maintaining the stunning 26-acre islet, Sanderson will also inherit the 170-year-old title of the King of Peel Island. His coronation will see him sit on a throne made from a beer barrel and have ale poured over his head. Then he will also have the power to knight those who have benefited the island. Aaron told us he was incredibly nervous when council officials told him he'd won the 10-year tender for the pub. The reason? As a spark, he has absolutely no hospitality experience beyond rewiring pubs and restaurants. It all sounds very unparliamentary to me. But besides the challenges of living away from the mainland, he says he's enjoyed a blissful time since he got the pub's keys. Peel Island has a 900-year-old ruined castle and eight privately owned cottages. So, if you fancy a pint with Aaron in his new kingdom, you can get there in 15 minutes on a ferry, or you can even walk to it at low tide. Coming up this week on our YouTube channel, we've got some really interesting Q&As, including one on using industrial socket outlets for charging EVs, and one on prescribed cable zones. We also take a look at the clean room range of conduit accessories from Conlock, which helps to deal with the biggest electrical problem that you've probably never heard of, the dreaded zinc whisker. We'll also be launching a new free training package on the subject of AFDDs, and Gary and I are out and about visiting some of the winners from this year's eFix Awards. If you think your business or someone you know deserves an award for their business or personal work, then keep your eyes peeled for a little later in the year when we open the nominations for next year's awards. If you think you know the words we've smuggled into today's show, pop your guess into the comments and we'll dig out a goodie bag prize to the first to get the right answers. Last week, the first person to have a go was Sean Tremaine, who came in with Deliveroo and Heat. Miss Take Not suggested Liver and Deliveroo. Robert Small volleyed in with Saboteur and Clanger. Regular commenter and friend of the show, Sergio Fernandez, updated us to let us know that he's back safe in Costa del Watford following his Hebridean trek and guest Saboteur and Sojourn. Steve Eustace suggested Watho and Saboteur and someone with the most challenging username ever. Here goes. H7G5F3S5F5D412 
feels like you were named after the most obscure Star Wars droid ever, but you came in with Sojourn and Liver. The two words are indeed buried in amongst all those guesses. They were Liver and Saboteur, but no one got both, so we're going to go with the first person to come in with one right answer, which was Island Hopper Stewart, who came in with Wiggle and the first correct guess of Saboteur. So well done to you. Please click the link in the show notes to claim your prize, Stuart. Thanks for listening to this episode of Electrical News Weekly in association with Schneider Electric. Make sure you subscribe to receive the next update. Thanks for listening, and until next time, have a great week, stay safe out there, and remember, there's no such thing as a torque-calibrated arm.